this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Jay Allen Show. Hopefully everything is good and grand inside of your neck of the woods. Well, it seems like it's been a little while since we've hung out, but we've still been doing the weekly episodes and I guess the Friday episodes and the Tuesday episodes. So you really haven't missed me if you kind of think about it in that fashion, even though I've been on the vacation for over the last little bit. Because I was gone last week, just in case you did not know that. I guess I should have shared that with you, or did I share it with you? I don't even recall. I get so lost in so many different shows uh, that we produce, and actually that I'm on at this particular point, that I try to keep up. Anyways, let me not go too long into that, and let me tell you what we have going on today. Today I get to speak once again with my friend Daniel Snyder. Yeah, we go over some of the things that are going on inside of the world of safety. And of course, we talk a little bit about the world of safety and the macabre. So let me tell you what ends up taking place a little bit before we get too far into this. As I have told you time and time again, technology is great until it fails you. And unfortunately, this is one of these conversations that Daniel and I are going back and forth. But then all of a sudden, uh, well... Let's just be realistic. Our link, our hookup in regards of the technology that we're using to be able to communicate uh, tends to bottom out. So I don't want you to feel when you get to the end of this thing that, you know, I left you hanging. But it does this kind of drop at one particular point or the other during the conversation. So you'll notice that. So I apologize ahead of time. So at some other time, we're going to have to have Daniel back for him to talk a little bit more about what he's got going on. So take a listen to this episode of the Jay Allen Show with me talking to Daniel Snyder right now. The Jay Allen Show is streaming now on (laughs) safetyfm.live. So how are things with you? I mean, like overall, how are things? Man, everything's good. Everything's good. Busy. You know, things are starting to pick up and got a few good projects and working some uh, good expert witness legal work where I get to read all kinds of depositions and attorneys claims to what safety is and i guess come in and, and help 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 define that <laughs> well, it, it always has to be an interesting thing because i'm sure that as you're going through this it changes for you so today it could be this six months down the road it could be something entirely different from where you were six months ago oh yeah you know i always joke when i was doing exam prep you know we're, we're kind of add add whiskey instant experts you know to where if I'm working on a project that requires me to have a knowledge of NFPA 30 for spray flammability, you know, I've got to determine, can I get up to speed in a reasonable, <laughs> effective way, or do I need to hire somebody? Do I, you know, and uh, I've been to where I've been all over something like that for six months with a client and knew that in and out and talked to experts and really was up to speed. And six months, a year later, I can't even remember the standard name. <laughs> you know, I was like, I've already moved on. <laughs> well, that's the fun part because things can change so frequently. I mean, just take a look at some of the things that are going on now. You have an OSHA standard that's out there. All of a sudden, something changes right away. We're trying to implement something new. Then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, so hold on. Three months ago, you said this. Now what's going on? And then you gave away the trade secret there that you actually sometimes out- hire somebody from the outside. You don't give oh. it away too, too quickly here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm all about uh, bringing in the talent, you know, and, and if you if you can and it's feasible and, and get the right people with the right mind on the right project, even if it's for a limited amount of time, you know, I can find that saves a lot of hours instead of groping and trying to reinvent the wheel, you know, call somebody and 
buy your oh. time for, for a couple hours and you might just save you a ton of work. <laughs> no, like I always tell people, it's like, if you can do that, do it because in opposed to you having to do tons of research, as long as you know, you, they can vet the material for you. It doesn't ever hurt. Right. Right. So, uh, no, all goes good. How's, how's everything down in Florida for you? Hot. Uh, well, I, we, we are good. We are good in this general direction. The way that I look at it is that everything's kind of up and going. Um, our, our governor is pretty interesting down here. I mean, in regards of, you know, certain mandates he agrees with, other mandates he doesn't. So, hey, I, I look at it. It's, it's, it's a fine time down here. I don't know. We both live in very hot spot <laughs> states, I believe, Missouri <laughs> and Florida. So it's like, you know, I know I'm in the epicenter of the Delta in Missouri right now. So, well, it's we'll interesting because the zip, the zip code that I live in um, is it's kind of high. So it's it's just interesting. So I, I just keep on looking at it and go, we can only take it one step at a time. I mean, I always tell people you have to do what you think that's best for you. Uh, vaccine, no vaccine. You have to do it based on case by case on what is going on with you. I don't have yeah. to. Because people want to turn it political right away, and I'm just like, oh, let's avoid no, that. No, no, I don't. I don't get. I don't get involved with that discussion. It's like that is entirely your choice. And exactly, say, you know, well, did you get one? I'm like, well, I did. You know, just, just you know, I felt that it was better than nothing. And and the way things go, and knowing a little bit about epidemiology, I'm like, you know. right. I just love how the conversation changes when you start bringing it up in regards of depending on where some people stand with it. It's like, well, why would you do that? And all that kind of fun stuff. And it's like, well, I don't want to put politics into it, but I always look at it and go, I can't say that it's political because Operation Warp Speed came out of when Donald Trump was in office. So I can't see it as a political issue because on where it's coming pushed, but hey, whatever. See, I, I see you're already turning me into something entirely different. You see, that wasn't even part of what I was thinking about talking now. <laughs> Man, I am bad about that. You know, I'm bad about that. <laughs> 15 minutes turns into two hours if I'm not handled properly, you know. But but I appreciate you having me come back on. And, uh, you know, I jabbed oh. at you. And, and I just capped onto a birthday comment that was already in the chat. And I said, oh, oh shit, God. it must be jay's birthday so i just chimed in and then when you're like no it's not and i've had four or five people i said oh that makes it even better no, it, was, it was quite interesting because everybody kept on saying me happy birthday and then i was thinking about it afterwards i was like are they telling me this because we're celebrating the 400th episode of the other show so that was the only thing that it, that i would that it was be. like okay well that might make sense that's the only thing that i could right. come up with right so i appreciate you actually jumping into the box but it, it then you sent me some information of some things that you have going on and i know that this is actually next week uh with the bcsp foundation innovation and research uh summit in uh you know next week august so tell me about this tell me about what you have going on it sounds like you have a group of people coming about getting into into this thing yeah i i did i sent you kind of the prospectus of the focus group or the expert panel and and this is a topic that uh, i know you and i touched on the last time we spoke and uh, the idea of this ethics of the macabre and really what is the ethical dilemma of showing, you know, serious injury fatalities or SIF imagery and, and, and how do we really use that? And I think the, the dilemma really is as safety and health professionals, that's part of the nature of our profession is the macabre. We have to deal with those things. And it's part of how we describe and how we, we go about our business to, to prevent those things. And so you can't really prevent them without really having an understanding of them. And part of that understanding uh, is really sometimes getting into the, the, the grotesqueness of, of severe injury and fatalities. And so we know that's part of the business and we know we all as safety professionals have, have shown those things. 
But now we're a few of us are starting to look at how these are being used and some of the things that are going on in our space and profession and, and that, that kind of give us pause and say, is that really an appropriate use of that imagery and what constitutes uh, within the bounds of ethics, you know, how or when these kinds of things should be shown or, or used. And, um, and so that's kind of where the debate started. And we've seen, um, you know, a lot of times where somebody has shown that shock value. Uh, it's interesting. I was talking to one of the panelists and we said, you know, uh, we both agreed that we're, we're in that age group of, we remember windows 95. And so when I include you in our cohort, Jay, you know, so, so from, from our generation or cohort of professionals, we kind of came of age, a lot of us right now that are in certain levels of leadership and been around for, you know, 30 years, um, you know, it, it came of age right in the point when we were really transferring and using this new media of electronic information to deliver training and presentations and things like this. We are also getting a lot of pressure saying that safety training was real boring and safety training really sucks. And we've got to liven it up. We need to use real case studies. We need to use real information and not just static words and bullets on a slide. And so I think what took place is these, uh, pictures started emerging and we started doing hazard hunts and what's the problem and what's the hazard and which I think is all well and good. And then it started getting into these video clips of almost, you know, faces of death or death on the high, you know, it really started getting into. I wonder how many people are going to understand that reference, the faces of death reference. Do you want to go that far? <laughs> you know, well, it was uh, back, I, I remember seeing it on VHS, you know, where it was basically a thousand faces of death where they just had this footage similar to what we see now, uh, where it was a show that really just showed the different ways that, that people die. And they were quite, quite graphic uh, in a lot of ways. And so it was kind of one of those taboo a little bit darker. And again, it goes back to the macabre, this fascination with death or dismemberment or things like that. It doesn't mean you're evil. It doesn't mean you're, you're a bad person, but uh, I, I grabbed that actually from Sherlock Holmes when he told Watson that, you know, you, you, you know, don't pretend like you don't have a fascination with the macabre, you know, and it was kind of where I thought, you know, to do that kind of work or to be interested in that, uh, it does take a certain fascination with it. And I think in our profession, that fascination is exacerbated by what we do. Uh, we just have to ask ourselves, when and to what purpose would we show and how would we depict and how would we characterize and, and, and what would be fair and just for not only the victims in the, in the footage, but then also the people that might be in your audience or the people you're trying to communicate to. So I just think that we're, we're now at the cusp with uh, a lot of the moments going on with uh, psychosocial safety and health and, and diversity and inclusion and, and some of these more, uh, you know, emotional, intelligent type skill sets. I think it's fair game now for us to really rethink and relook how and why we might show certain imagery um, depicting SIF. And so... If, I, if they can't tie it back to a learning objective or it's not an appropriate audience, um, we have to really question why we show it. And I know and I think in our last time, you and I both agreed that we're not being hypocritical or holier than thou. You and I, I think, both agreed that we've, we've made those mistakes in our career and, and we've learned from them. And we've read our audience and we kind of reflected and said, you know, that just didn't feel right for me or I'm not going to go down that road. And I think 
a lot of the professionals uh, that I, I respect in the business for sure, I think went through that growing pain in the late 90s, early 2000s to where we were trying to, quite honestly, one, one panelist put it, we were trying to get attention. And the way to get attention with management uh-huh. that nobody listened to us or the organization didn't listen to us about safety and health was to try to do this shock and awe, listen to me or this will happen to you. And, or this could happen to the organization. And I think the intentions of the greater good, and I don't want to dissect ethics into consequentialism versus, you know, Kant versus all these different, you know, Plato's uh, intent, but, but this idea of, you know, what was the intent? And I think they were all noble purposes. And then I think the argument or the logic was, well, it's for the greater good to show these things, so then they're going to be more safe. Part of the challenge, though, is we don't have any research that shows that. There's no research that indicates, and there's been some few studies, but nothing that says that by showing people that information will affect the outcome or the performance as far as safety on the job. They might remember the clip because it struck an emotional you know, thing in their brain, but does that really translate into safer work practices across the board? Is that really the, the face faces of macabre we want to put on our logo or our marquee as safety professionals in an organization. And I think that's what we have to be careful of. And I think uh, a lot of your more novice or, or, or professionals that may not have either an experience with a world-class safety management system or uh, they're young in their career or new to the profession, and all they have seen are some of these ways that, that this has been depicted, uh, can easily fall into that. That's the way we should show ourselves and show the importance and the significance and the consequences of these issues. And I just think that you don't have to go that far. I think even a more uh, appropriate or more lasting is to leave them hanging. You know, instead of showing the worker die, show maybe a picture of the little girl looking to hold somebody's hand and say, what about, you know, you can do heartstring stuff as to why you need to, to, to work safely short of actually showing. And, and, and the example I'll use is one where a scaffold and it actually showed the scaffold energized and the guy started smoking literally the body. I mean, it showed him electrocuted right in front of you to show that. I just don't, I just think that uh, we have to question how one ethical, that victim, that person's family, do we have the rights to the footage? Is it appropriate to show? And then who's our audience and what outcome do we want to have from showing this? I can only think of maybe three or four situations or contexts to where that kind of graphic representation and imagery or videos or pictures would be appropriate. And that's in real high risk or For example, highway patrol or EMTs, first responders are going to roll up on a scene and they're going to see guts on the highway. And it would be wrong not to prepare them mentally for those images. But for most of your workers and your workplaces and things like that, those type of graphic imageries, I don't think really weigh, you know, I I don't think you start there. (laughs) You know, that's something that uh, I think you should, should avoid. And there has to be a very well thought out, thoughtful, mindful justification for using it. This is The Jay Allen Show.
You know how sometimes you're out and about and sometimes you have to access a report, maybe your bank account, maybe something that's important to you, but you don't want other people to be able to access it? I know you're probably sitting there for a moment going, well, why don't you just go into incognito mode and use that instead? Well, let me tell you something real quick. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browser's history. Your internet service provider can still see every single website you visited. And that's why even when I'm at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. It doesn't matter who your internet provider is. It can be Verizon, Comcast, or even AT&T. The ISP in the U.S. can legally sell your information to ad companies. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites that you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the times I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. It runs seamlessly in the background and is so easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all of your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you not to be using it. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Visit my exclusive link at expressvpn.com slash safety and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's EXPRESSVPN.com slash safety. ExpressVPN.com slash safety to learn more. And we are back on the Jay Allen Show on Safety FM. Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting because you have a lot of stuff that you unpack there. I mean, and it's interesting on how you bring it up because here's the thing. I can tell you when you go into the whole portion where you're talking about beginners and novices actually doing it, I get it at the very beginning because you don't have enough context to probably go down the path where it's easier to go. Okay, let me, let, true. let me show you this. And if we're talking pyramid and we're talking to upper management, I can go, okay, boom. The pyramid tells me that if we don't do this, 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 and this, we're going to get to this many incidents and this is going to occur. So I get it. Then the other portion that kind of it's interesting that you put it into your answer is that the emotional the emotional side that people will have to the reaction of what's going on on the screen, because most of the people that you speak with or that I've spoken with better saying um, when you talk to them about why do you show videos like that is because I need the audience to have an emotional response for when they go back to their organization or go back home when they're thinking about this with you taking such a deep dive into psychological safety over the last few over, over the last bit, do you think that this brings a value? Do you look at this and go, do people realize what this actually, what kind of effect this actually has overall? You know, I think, I think like most things in ethics and actions, um, it depends, you know, and, and, and I guess that by and large, I would say, no, I don't think that's necessary. And I think that you're running the risk of triggering somebody in the audience or, or bringing about, some stress or trauma or, or uncomfortableness with showing those things, especially if they're not laid out very thoughtfully within a context. And so if all I did is just show blood on the highway to you and didn't wrap it in any case study context, didn't give any forewarning, here's what you're going to see when we come back from break and we're going to take a look at this video and we're going to uh, 
you know, dissect it and do some an- analyzing it and, 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 you know, how could we prevent it kind of thing. But I would always at least incorporate how can we give fair warning to the audience if I don't know them well. And even if you do know them well, you don't know what's in their baggage. You and I might know each other real well, and I may not know uh, what things that could could possibly be in your past that that could, could deal with. Or if you're an outside trainer and you show something like that and they had a fatality of one of their coworkers a few years ago that was very similar or any fatality or any incident in their work home life, a car wreck of a kid or a wife or a husband, all those things play into that trauma. And so when you start poking at those emotives, that emotional psychology of decision-making and processing, you have to at least think about that consequence with the audience and what you're going to show. And then also in modern day and age, like us recording this, how are you going to ensure that whatever is said or shown or done stays within the context so that if somebody were just to grab that without you narrating or without you there to, to bring the context, is it going to give the, the same impact or impression? And I would say not. So, only on those real high risk or those real high consequence jobs to where there needs to be that push or it needs to be that sentiment. Um, we've had a lot of near misses on a certain thing and we're having a real trouble. But if I'm going to show that stuff to workers and it's that big of a problem, why am I not talking to the management team and the leadership? And maybe those are the people that need to show Bleth on the highway and not the guys that have their hands in the machine every day, per se. You know, I mean, we can leave it at a, at a certain thing of what they can do. They know what the hazards are a lot of times. And I ask this on the job site. Hey, man, what scares you? When they start telling you what scares you, I don't need to show a video of that. They don't want to see it. They can visualize in their own mind, their own imagination, what that electrocution would look like. So um, I, I think that by and large, I don't see a lot of value in that. I think there's more powerful, more positive ways that we can depict this information uh, to keep things sustainable because showing that shock and awe is not sustainable. Uh, You know, you can't use that, keep going to that all the time because it's going to wear off. And actually it could be counterproductive. Uh, You're not getting invited to meeting. There's, there's Jay Debbie Downer kind of thing coming in and, 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 and showing how negative and how we're going to get killed. We see that already. And, 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 yeah, but, well, it, it, it puts us in a position or a perception that everything <laughs> we think about is the macabre, negative, or death and injury and all that, which is tough to not get into that because that's what we deal with. But it's our role, I think, to pivot and flip that and run it through a few lenses and filters in a way that best resonates with our audience or the work or the job or the task at hand. So, you know, me getting training in the infantry as a combat medic. Yeah. They're going to show pictures of people's, you know, that are quite, quite in trouble. Um, I'm not going to show that to somebody who's a first aid CPR responder in a manufacturing plant. You know, it just, (laughs) now, you know, if they have a full EMT team and they wanted to go that route and they wanted to do a little bit more because they had uh, uh, this. But if they're wanting to train to that level, you got to ask, how frequent do these type of gross tests maiming severe injuries happen here? <laughs> you know, so, so so I don't know. I'm not really a, a big fan of it, but I can't rule it out. And I can't really question other professionals reasons other than just to pose the question. I think that's what we're trying to do with the panel and trying to do with this conversation as we 
uh, try to push it out and amplify the conversation is for professionals to stop a little bit and reflect when they're considering or looking at some of these imageries and saying, should I show that? And if so, what, how am I really going to do it in, in the most effective way? And how am I going to maybe try to follow up measure? Was it effective? You know, how would I really know whether it is? And is it, is it worth it? Is it, is the risk versus the reward of, of showing this kind of footage or this imagery? And, and will that make, will that make the difference? If you have a, and plus, Part of the issue I have with it too, Jay, probably the bigger issue, honestly, is humiliation. I just think it's tough to show that kind of footage and then dissect it and then talk about don't be me. And that kind of gets into the GIMP shows we see at conferences and stuff to where, you know, it's like you show those things and you have those things. Well, what now? You know, where does that really go? How do you want me to do things different? And a lot of times it just falls short on the shock and awe and it really doesn't follow up with a real good dialogue about how do we prevent these things so that I guess the audience needs to leave with a positive call to action on how to use that information they just received. And so if all they received was a picture of something gross or a video of something gross, say, hey, don't be that guy. Have a good day. That to me, borders line malfeasus is not malpractice as a professional to, 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 to throw that out there. Uh, so I think if anything, hopefully we can elevate the reflections among the profession to say what is acceptable, what is not. And then as part of every professional community, how do we police ourselves? You know, not only just our own self, but how do we police the profession? I've gotten, uh, you know, called a troll on a few of the LinkedIn pages that just or, you know, post that stuff. And I'll ask questions like, you know, uh, have you gotten permission from the victim? You know, what's the point of this? And, and you see it with the comments. And I think this is also what irritates me and speaks bad of the profession. When you have professionals that are weighing an opinion, professional opinion on a 22nd fatality clip that was probably pirated from a third world country. How can you testify to that, to that you knew what was going on, all the situations? The other thing is, the Darwin Awards was kind of the term back in our day, but 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 how do you, you know, these conversations where so that you can't fix stupid and that guy was just an idiot and the worker was wrong and a lot of this blaming the worker thing without knowing the context, without knowing the situation, without knowing anything, to me is just, again, poor form at best and malpractice at worst. So um, those are, I think, the issues of the dilemma, the ethical dilemma of showing SIF is what is fair and just to the victim, to your audience? How are they going to use that information? Um, is it appropriate for use? Are you re-victimizing people, both in the audience and the people that you're showing? Um, and then what kind of messaging are you framing around where people are going to say, I don't want to report that injury or I don't want to talk about getting hurt because I'm going to be used as a poster child and be flapped out everywhere. And I've always been against when they go, well, we asked them, they said they'd be happy to tell their story to everybody. I'm like, you're the employer. The you're, the the employer. You're, you're, you're the employer. Are they going to tell you no? Exactly. <laughs> so when you decided to come up with this focus group, what was the idea behind it? Like, how, how did you know who to reach out to? Or was this something that you had something open and people could volunteer to it? Or how did this come about? You know, it was pretty ad hoc. Um, okay. You know, the, the foundation, uh, Christine McConnell, who's the director of the foundation, she uh, was following some of my feeds and she says, um, she knew I was interested and she goes, I'd love for you to talk about that or do a panel. And I said, 
yeah, I could put something together. And, uh, and so it was time and it was a fairly short order. And so we kind of had to, with COVID and the things that were in it, we kind of had to take the people that were there already going. So I had some other people in mind, you know, and trying to find a, a, a true, uh, group of, of different people outside the industry, psychologists, you know, lawyers, all that. I really had this grand idea, but I had to settle with some of the best people in the business that were already going to be there. And that would be uh, Tony Minotello, uh, Regina McMichael, Jay Harf, um, Ken Clayman, who's the chair for the uh, uh, psychosocial, uh, you know, safety and health committee for ISO and and Regina and I are both on Z490 standard for training. And I know she's been a big spokesperson for, you know, this call for kind of reforming how we do training and tying things to more, uh, you know, positive messaging. And of course, she spoke to that with her own experience. Uh, Jay Harf, who's the vice president of L'Oreal for North America, and he's going to talk about their policy. They've had some incidents that were pretty big SIF that uh, he's going to explain how L'Oreal would view these kind of depictions of imagery and and kind of the good, bad, and the ugly of that. And then also uh, J.A. Rodriguez, who's the business strategic partner uh, director. I would love to hear a makeup company perspective on that. That would be pretty interesting to hear. I would love to hear, especially once the meeting's done, on what, how that comes about, exactly what his perspective is on that side. You, you need yeah. to kind of come back and let us know what. I will be happy to, and I'm sure Jay would probably even come on the show and tell you himself. But, um, but yeah, they their 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 logo is beautify the world, and so when when they look at their uh, visions and missions when it comes to safety, health, environmental sustainability, they're about be- making it beautiful. And so to show uh, an image of a fatality, <laughs> well, it will like definitely that, be interesting to see, to take a look. <laughs> Did I lose you? Sorry about that. For some reason, it sounds like the, my audio dropped. I apologize about that. I didn't realize you were still talking. I apologize. No, you, you were okay. saying that it that their thing was to beautify and then it cut out. I apologize. Yeah, their their mission is to beautify the world. And so when they look at safety, health and environmental, they want that to be beautiful as well. And so the idea of showing very graphic imagery across from L'Oreal and their employees and their corporation, that would be really against their ethics and values to do that. Uh, I think that's, I'm not putting words in Jay's mouth, but that's kind of in the conversations we've had, uh, that kind of imagery is, is really would be considered unacceptable. Um, and then Jay no, Rodriguez from the BCSB. <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting that he's part of it. I mean, and I mean, you have a whole bunch of interesting people, but Jay Rodriguez actually being the chief strategy officer for the BCSB, how did he come about be actually being on there, if you don't mind me asking? Well, you know, I've known Jay for a long time, and and uh, I think he's he's worked for big corporations, uh, Raytheon. He's with the VPPA Association, so he's been around. He's seen a lot of presentations and done things. And so, uh, Jay went as far to say people that use that kind of trickery or just gaffes in training are lazy. You're a lazy trainer if you resort to those kinds of uh, shock tactics uh, to get their attention. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like I told you, that's what ends up taking place. Technology fails and we end up having to bottom out. So there you go. I apologize about that. So here you go. Let me share this information with you. Um, If you want to find out more about what's going on with Daniel Snyder, you can actually go to his website. And that's at safetymentor.com. That's safetymentor.com. 
And there you can receive some free resources that Daniel has right there, readily available on his website and exactly what other things he has going on. So you can take a look right there on his website. And just for the FYI purposes, because I think it's kind of funny that I didn't mention it because we didn't have time to cover it. But Daniel now is a director at large for the American Society of Safety Professionals. So you see, I can play well with others when it's all said and done. Anyway, so that's what we have going on today. Forgot to mention this earlier, at least during the episode itself. Before I forget, if you have not come out and hung out on our website, safetyfmplus.com. Yes, that's safetyfm, then spell out the world, plus, P-L-U-S, dot com. So safetyfmplus.com. Right now for the month of August, we got something going on. If you want to take a month free or an extended trial basis, you can come out, type in the word or code August, and you'll get a full 30 days of being able to try out the service with the different things that we have available. So that's safetyfmplus.com. Just make sure you spell out plus, P-L-U-S dot com. So safetyfmplus dot com. Anyways, that's the show for today. I've been your safety manager and host, Jay Allen. I normally say that on Friday, so I guess it's kind of weird that I'm saying that on a Tuesday. Uh, So don't worry. We'll be back with another episode of the Jay Allen Show before too long. Goodbye for now. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.